You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. So grateful um, for them to come and share what God is doing all over the world. Um, And we have another treat this morning, two weeks in a row. Actually, I'm excited because I have the privilege of welcoming and introducing our speaker this morning. And so let me tell you a little bit about our speaker here before she comes up. Uh, I will tell you right off the bat, she is a fantastic communicator. She'll be the first to tell you, though, she's not very good at small talk, all right? Uh, She likes to dive right into the deep end. How many of you have a friend like that? Like, hey, let's cut right to the business. Uh, She's a kind of a person who is real. She will tell you how it is, which sometimes is tough in the moment, but it will save your life, all right? She is a great, great teacher if you listen. I've actually known of her for quite some time, but I've only really began to become friends with her in recent years as I've grown up and matured. I'm not going to tell you how old she is, but she has been around for a long time, all right? A little fun fact about her, her nickname on the streets, people call her The Dealer. The dealer. She just loves making deals. She's constantly making offers and trade. If you do this, I'll do this. If you trade me this, I'll give you this. And she's not trying to take advantage of you. She's not trying to pull one over on you. It's quite the opposite. These offers that she makes are usually for the other person's benefit. I always picture her walking around making an offer you can't refuse. And so before we welcome her, the title of her message this morning is An Offer You Can't Refuse. And that's exactly what she's going to do today in our message. So East Point Church, would you please give her your undivided attention and let's give a warm welcome to our speaker this morning, Lady Wisdom. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Here's our speaker this morning, friends. Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom is here, and I found her. Lady Wisdom is closer than you realize. She is closer than you realize. Did you see where she was? Did did you guys see where she was located? Look what she said. She is screaming in plain sight. You don't need to search very far. You don't need a search and rescue mission for Lady Wisdom. She's not hidden. She is standing in the street. She is standing in the middle of the market. She is in the busiest parts of downtown, and she is raising her voice. She is crying out for everyone to listen to her. You can't miss her. You You see, sometimes in our culture, we paint this this mysterious picture of wisdom, right? Like wisdom, you have to search for it. 
You know, one of my favorite movies, I don't know if you'll judge me for this, but one of my all-time favorite movies is Batman Begins. Any, any fans in here? Oh, yeah, all the men, right? And the ladies are like, you're dead to me. But here's how it works. Raz Agul, he comes to Bruce Wayne and he says, do you seek understanding? And Bruce Wayne's like, yes, I do. And he says, well, if you want wisdom, if you want understanding, then you must climb the eastern slopes, find the remote village, pluck this blue flower, ascend to the peak of a mountain, find the hidden temple, and there you will find understanding. Wow. And that's what we think of wisdom. Wisdom belongs to wizards and Jedis and Bruce Wayne, and it's just, if maybe you're lucky, you'll find it. But do you see our text, friends? There's nothing secretive about wisdom. There's nothing mysterious. You don't need to search. She is right there making herself obvious and available. Wisdom is closer than you realize. Do you want to be wise? Young adults, do you want to be wise? Old men and old women, do you want to be wise? Parents of little children, parents of teenagers, do you want to be doubly wise? Then I have good news for you. There's hope. There is a very, very good chance that you can be wise. There is a very, very strong possibility that you can attain wisdom because wisdom is not the domain of the elite. Wisdom is not exclusive to the wealthy. Wisdom doesn't belong to rocket scientists. Wisdom is for the people of God. And so do you want to be wise? Do you want to know how life works? Well, then notice wisdom calls out to you in plain sight. She raises her voice in the market. And it gets better. Not only is she obvious, but she's actually offering to teach you. Look what she says. I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Lady Wisdom, she's in the streets, and she's not just offering to give you her latest book. She's not just giving you a link to her latest podcast. She is giving you this intimate invitation to come near to her and to actually be her pupil. She's inviting you to come near, as near as a student is to a teacher, and you can be taught directly from the words of her mouth. Wisdom herself is offering to be your instructor. Man. See, that's a powerful idea, but notice what's happening here. This is at odds with what culture says today. You see, most people today, right, the spirit of this age, the culture that we live in, it laughs at the idea that you need a teacher to learn life. Because, friends, come on now, you're not taught wisdom, you discover wisdom. Is that not what culture says? Wisdom is inside of you, and you must just unlock it. And if you're here and you're trying to look to authority, or you're looking to a tradition, or you're looking to teachers for guidance, that's naivete, that's immature. You need to find your own way because wise people don't need others to tell them what's up. You make your own way. 
That's the wisdom of this age. That's the prevailing wisdom of this culture. And the Bible says the idea that everything you need to know is already inside of you, it's called foolishness. The Bible makes it very clear. Wisdom is not found within. It's found without. Wisdom is not achieved by searching within. It's by opening your ears and having an instructor. And here, Lady Wisdom herself, the personification of wisdom, is crying out to you, offering to be your teacher, offering to make you wise. This is an offer you can't refuse, huh, friends? She's not hidden. She's in the streets. She's screaming, I will make you wise. I will be your teacher. If this is so simple, then my question is, why are foolish people not extinct? <laughs> if it's so obvious, I mean, if it's so easy, if she is so available and willing, then why isn't everybody learning from wisdom? It's because there's a catch. In order to learn from wisdom, you have to have the right posture. You see, she's ready. She is willing and able to teach you her ways, but when she raises her voice, you must listen. When she offers her reproof, you must turn. You see, there are two postures that you can respond with to wisdom, okay? Two postures. Posture number one, palm up. Posture number two, palm out. Okay? You will respond to wisdom in one of two ways. Number one, palm up. I'm hungry. Teach me. Yes, put in my hand what it is that you want to teach me. Teach me something I don't know. I'm hungry to learn. You know more than me. Palm up. But the second posture, palm, hey, 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 excuse me, thanks, but no thanks. Hey, hey wisdom, okay, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I got this on my own. Palm up or palm out. And so look at their posture. Let's, let's do a test here. Look at their posture and see if you can't tell why they're still foolish. She says they love being simple. They're responding to her instruction. They're responding to her correction and advice like this. They like the way they are. They like the way they are. There's no desire to grow. There, there's no desire, excuse me, Lady Wisdom, thanks, but no thanks. There's just no desire to move out of their state of simplicity. They're fools. They love being simple. Not only that, it says that they're scoffers, delighting in their scoffing. Every time Wisdom tries to speak to them, every time she tries to raise her voice, they have this expression. <laughs> You guys know that one, right? Let's all say it together. I'm just kidding. Don't do that, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right? Hey, when somebody is known more for their sarcastic, biting remarks than they are a desire to learn and a hunger for advice, that is the telltale sign of a know-it-all. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. What, 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 I don't understand your sarcasm. They are so unteachable. It's as if they hate knowledge. Every time wisdom tries to present them with wisdom, they break out in hives. Ah, I don't want to change. 
And so what's their posture? Is it palms up? It's palms out. Wisdom, go away. Wisdom, I don't need you. Wisdom, I know what I'm doing. Of course they haven't been taught wisdom. Their posture is unteachable. And so I ask you, friends, this morning, what is your posture toward wisdom? Are you teachable? Are you hungry to learn? Are you more aware of what you don't know than what you do? Or do you take pride in wanting to figure it all out on your own? How do you respond to instruction? How do you respond to correction and reproof? Do you get angry? Do you get defensive? Are you offended that someone would even dare give you room for improvement? Or do you respond with a thank you? You're right. I have a lot to ponder. What is your posture toward wisdom? When I was 16 years old, could you guess what my posture was toward wisdom? So holy, right? So holy. Dude, I'll, I'll give you a story, a little bit embarrassing, but you guys got to know what you're dealing with here, right? I'm 16 years old, and I'm in high school, obviously, right? And my dad is sitting at the counter, and he's eating his oatmeal or whatever, and I walk in, you know, bright and early, 11 a.m. to eat my breakfast, and um, I'm going to make some instant oatmeal, right? Maple brown sugar, it's like the only one that matters, right? And so I'm going to do some maple brown sugar, instant oatmeal, and I don't want to boil water, and we don't have an instant water heater, and so I decided I'm going to take a shortcut. How many of you have just put the water in the microwaves? Genius, right? And so I didn't want to do the thing where I put it in for like 30 seconds at a time, and then I keep testing it. I was like, I'm just going to play it safe. Just put it in for four minutes, okay? <laughs> oh, see, I guess you know, all right? Look at all these wise people, right? Be a wise guy. And so I put it in like, beep, 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 and I put it in for four, and my dad's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm making water hot, duh, you know? That's what I think I sounded like. And he's like, no, don't put it in that long. It'll explode. What is it, a bomb, dad? You're going to explode? What do you think? And I'm like, come on. And he's like, Sam, seriously, you're going to explode? And I go, dad, I know what I'm doing. Famous last words, right? Dad, I know what I'm doing. And he's just like, and, he, and, he, and my dad, he's such a good dad, but he just, he goes, all right. And he sits there eating his oatmeal, and I'm just sitting there smug as can be, and I'm like, <laughs> explode, right? Yeah, maybe in 1920, dad, you know? And I'm just, just being a fool, you know? And it's like, I get it, and it's like 10 seconds left, and I'm just like smug as can be. And out of nowhere, the water literally explodes. How many of you knew that that would happen? No idea. I had no idea. The water explodes, and I just face red, and I turn toward the microwave, and I open the microwave, and I'm with paper towels, and I just go, don't look at him. Don't look at his face. Don't look at his face. Don't look at his face. And I pull it out, and I just turn around, and he's sitting there going, right? Teach me the ways of boiling water, Father. Palms up. No! Palm out. I know what I'm doing. At my core, I was unteachable. And you laugh, right? And it's a funny anecdote, and we get it. But listen, what the, what the Proverbs are saying here, friends, is that it might be humorous when we're talking about water, 
But when we're talking about life, that was a dangerous posture to have. That was dangerous. It sounds noble, doesn't it? I want to figure it out on my own. And, and we praise that to an extent. That is a noble idea when we're talking about Legos. My kids love Legos. And I, I, I get over-involved. I'm like, no, no, we got to put the wings here. I'm like, Dad, I want to figure it out. Hey, you know what? He's right. He needs to figure it out because it's Legos and it's designed for them to figure it out. But when we're talking about life, when we're talking about sin, when we're talking about decisions that have long-lasting consequences and will affect your family, when your life is on the line, we must put the Lego mentality behind us. We must get hungry for wisdom. We need to come to a point where we are desperate for wisdom, ultra teachable, double palms up, teach me, correct me, tell me what I don't know, make your words known to me. So I ask you again, friends, what is your posture toward wisdom? Because she's offering to teach you. Lady Wisdom is making you an offer you can't refuse. And so what will you do with her offer? Let me say it this way. What do you have to lose if you don't take her up on her offer? And here's the answer. Everything. Everything. Look at the next verse. Because I have called and you refused to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. What do we see here? The pride of fools invites the reaction of wisdom. The pride of fools... <laughs> invites the reaction of wisdom. So look at the pride of fools. Look at their posture. It says they refused to listen. They will never be able to say, I didn't know. I didn't know the water would explode at the three and a half minute mark. I didn't, no, no. You refused to listen. Palms out. No one has heeded. They rejected wisdom, willingly, knowingly, actively. And what's the result? of ignoring her? Calamity. Calamity means tremendous damage and disaster. Wisdom wants to show you the ways that work well. Calamity is when you step on all the ways that don't work well. Wisdom wants to show you exactly where the landmines are so that you can navigate a course. Calamity is when you find out where all the landmines are by stepping on them. They are experiencing calamity. 
And this shouldn't be a shock to them. None of us should be surprised. Why? Because they are eating the fruit of their way. This is the natural consequence of hating knowledge. They are lying in the bed that they've made for themselves. Take their actions to its logical conclusion, and this is what you get. What do you think it would be like to be them in this moment as they replay all the moments they've ignored? Like if, if I could go and interview them, if I could go and talk to those people sitting in verse 31, you know what they would say? You know what they would say in that interview? I do, because if you jump ahead to chapter 5, we interview them. Look what it says. Sir, you're here in your calamity, live at ground zero of your anguish and storm. What are you thinking right now? How I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Back to you, Bob. <laughs> this is the pride of fools. And they're sitting here replaying all the times they willfully rejected wisdom. This is the pride of fools. Now look at the reaction of wisdom. She says, in that moment, I also will laugh. I also will mock. Where is wisdom now? Is wisdom still crying out in the street saying, come on, I'll teach you? Is wisdom still standing there trying to give you her goods? No, no, no. She's now laughing at those who laughed at her. She is mocking those who <laughs> mocked wisdom. Do you see the irony? She was in the streets calling out and they ignored her. And now they're in the streets, impoverished, and she's ignoring them. You read this at first, and you go, ooey, is Lady Wisdom brutal? That's kind of a nasty comment, right? No, it's a metaphor. This is not a real person. It's, it's a personification of wisdom, but follow the logic. Is she sitting here going, aha, I told you so? Is she taking delight in their destruction? No. Is she glad that they ignored her because all along she really wanted to see them go down? No. She's not taking joy in their destruction. The point of the metaphor, the point of this illustration is simply this. It's too late. They will call, but she will not answer. They will not find her. Why? Because it's too late. Wisdom is no help to you now. You've already made your decisions. You've already followed your courses. You've already refused. And now that you're paying the consequences, you can cry out all you want for instruction, but it's too late. It's too late. We had this, uh, this famous speaker in college come. And uh, Pastor Daniel, we went to school together. He, he can tell you more about this story. But we, uh, we had this famous speaker come, and he was at the height of his popularity. I mean, it's weird to talk about, like, Christian artists and speakers as famous, because, like, we literally live to make Jesus famous, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, he was at the height of his fame, at the height of his popularity, traveling all over the country, and his tour, his travels brought him to our college. Wow. 
this famous speaker is coming to our school. Wow. And he brings his famous worship leader with them. And they're razzle, dazzle, frazzle. You know, they're just doing all the stuff in chapel. And now the worship, the musical worship is done. We sit down and he starts to speak. And he starts telling us how when you, if, if talking to college, Bible college students, if you're going to go into ministry, you got to sacrifice it all for the kingdom. Like, sacrifice it all. Yeah. You know? And you gotta, you got to be willing to do hard things. Yeah, do hard things. And you have to be willing to ignore even well-meaning people in your life when they try to give you advice. Well-meaning. Huh? And he says, like me, I'm traveling right now. I'm all over spreading the gospel. And I'm on the road 50% of the year working hard. And I'm leaving my wife and kids at home. And you know what my, my teachers try to tell me? You know what my mentors try to tell me? And they love me, but they're wrong on this. When they text me and they say, remember, remember, man, balance. But you know what I say to that, students? Balance, schmalance. Where in the Bible does it say balance? Balance, schmalance. <laughs> this man ignored wisdom. He declined their calls. He ignored their texts. He scoffed at their advice. And friends, I will tell you what happened. The calamity, the storm of his foolishness came crashing down on his head when it came out that he's been having an affair with his assistant, whom they were traveling with 50% of the year. At that point, it's too late to call out to wisdom. How do you think I should arrange my travel schedule? How do you think I should? What do you want me to do now, wisdom says. You won't find help from her now. She is standing there, unable to help you, saying, what did you expect? I tried to tell you. Everything he built, his ministry, his marriage, his influence, his friendships, all came crashing down because he refused to listen. And if we were to interview him at his moment of pain, if we were to interview him as he replayed all the advice he ignored, all the phone calls he declined, all the text messages that he ignored, do you know what he would say if you were to interview him? How I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Back to you, Bob. The pride of fools invites the reaction of wisdom. What did he have to lose by ignoring wisdom? What did he have to lose by, by rejecting advice? Everything everything. And this man learned the hard way what we can learn in our last two verses. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Final point this morning, friends, your approach to wisdom is a matter of life and death. Your approach to wisdom is a matter of life and death. To be unteachable, to reject wisdom, is not just a character quirk. 
To be unteachable is not simply just going to slow you down or add a few extra steps to your journey. To be unteachable will risk more than simply, hey, your net worth might lag a little bit. Friends, to be unteachable, it says it here, it will kill them. Wisdom made them an offer to come and learn, and they turned in the wrong direction. They turned away from wisdom. And that decision, that posture, that willful rejection has killed them. They have not discovered the ways that work well. They have discovered the ways that end in death. Their lack of hunger for wisdom has cost them dearly. Great pain. Talk to them and they will tell you great, great pain. They wish they would have listened. But, on the other hand, whoever listens to me will dwell secure. Whoever listens to me will find security and safety. Those who listen to wisdom, those who take her up on her invitation to sit at her feet as her pupil, they don't need to fear disaster because they'll dwell secure. Wisdom will guard them and protect their ways. And so East Point Church, wisdom is she's here and she's making you an offer you can't refuse. And you have two options. Palm out or palm up. But as you choose, listen to me very carefully, friends. As you choose, just remember this. To ignore wisdom is to invite destruction. To ignore wisdom is to invite destruction. And so how will you respond to wisdom? Let's thank our speaker for being here this morning. Huh? Thank you, Lady Wisdom. It's so cool how wisdom is personified in the Bible, right? And if, if only, man, if only wisdom was a real person, right? How many of you would clear your schedule today if wisdom said, I want to come over for dinner, Right? You're like, Grandma, I'm sorry. No chicken tacos for you. Wisdom's here, okay? Like if wisdom were a real person that could talk to us, that could teach us, that could literally come and offer to sit on our couch. Like if I could have wisdom over for dinner, I would make it happen. What if this was more than a metaphor? What if wisdom, lady wisdom was more than personification? What if wisdom actually did become a person? You see, a couple thousand years ago, there was this man named Jesus, and he came onto the scene, and it was weird because he was calling out in the streets, and he was standing in the marketplace, and he would set up shop at the, set, at the city gates, and he would call out to people saying, come and listen to me. And it sounded an awful lot like Lady Wisdom. And, and as he called out in the streets, as he cried for people to come and be his pupils, as he cried out for people to come and apprentice underneath him, people started putting palms up and go, wait, wait, wait a minute. Who were you to speak like this? Who were you to say that we should listen to you or invite destruction? And you know what this man Jesus said? He said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, that's calamity, and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man 
who built his house on the sand. Nearly identical words to Lady Wisdom, saying what you do with my words determines how your life goes. So who are you, Jesus? How can you make such a claim? Here's why. Because Jesus is the personification of God's wisdom. Jesus is the embodiment of the wisdom of this universe incarnate, God himself. And he came making an offer you can't refuse. He invites you to come. He offers to give you his spirit, the spirit of wisdom. He offers to make you wise. He says, come and learn my ways. Come and apprentice under me. Let me show you how to hold up under the chaos of existence my way. And so we just learned this morning that to ignore wisdom is to invite destruction. But friends, what the scriptures as a whole teach us is that to ignore Christ is to invite destruction. To ignore the wisdom of God is to invite destruction. Jesus is calling you to be his apprentice. Jesus is calling you to put down your palms and raise them up instead. Hungry for wisdom, hungry for knowledge, hungry for God's ways. Will you respond? I don't need someone to teach me how to live life. I I don't need some religious figure. I don't need some God. If we interview you at the end of your life, how will that posture go? But if you come to Jesus, palms up, and say, teach me. Give me your spirit. I want to be your follower. I want to be your apprentice, your disciple. He says, I'll teach you. Friends, wisdom is calling. Don't ignore him. Because to ignore wisdom is to invite destruction. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you are not far away, leaving us to figure this out on our own. God, you have come near to us. You have made a way to the family of God. And you've also shown us the way to the family of God. Lord, I pray for myself and for every single friend here. Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts, that you would lead us to be your disciples, your followers, building us a hunger for wisdom. And God, there are things we don't understand. There, There are things that we just can't crack questions and mysteries of the universe that we don't understand for sure. But Lord, I pray that we would not wait to come to you until we can figure out things that we'll never figure out anyway. Help us to respond to what we do now. And what we do know is that you came, you put on flesh, and you invite us to learn from you. So we want to take you up on this offer. Fill us with your spirit. Give us wisdom. Teach us designed it to be with. We love you, God. Be glorified with our lives in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. 
It's your stories that encourage us and what we do. And we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.